Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello. Welcome. Today, we are going to talk about how we can refresh our creativity by watching our children or other people's children. But first, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? All right. So total honesty, this week has been unusual and nutty for a variety of reasons. So (laughs) my creativity this week has been in creatively finding five minutes here and 10 minutes there in order to get ready for this episode. So there you go. (laughs) That is it. I love it. Please tell me you've done more creative stuff than me. Honestly, I don't know if I can. (laughs) The thing is, is I've started something new and it's like, uh, it's taking up a lot of time and, uh, and it's for a good, good, purpose like it's got a good goal which is to be healthy because currently I am not so um, I took like a six-week challenge with a with a trainer who lives in my neighborhood which was totally convenient and we just have just been kind of going 90 to nothing on that and then of course there is um, the children and the family and the work, and the COVID, and it's like it's its own entity now. The COVID. (laughs) Yeah, the COVID, but I did take time to prepare for this episode, and um, and I would say probably that, like, my meal planning is pretty creative. So today, we're talking about creativity and learning from kids for our creativity. And this might sound a little far-fetched at the beginning, right? Okay, you probably are wondering where in the world we're going with this or anything, but just hang in there for a few minutes and you'll see where we're going. Kids are, by nature, super creative. Um, But as with anything, this ability needs to be shaped and molded, encouraged and grown. So, As we have kind of been talking about and reflecting on our own children's creativity and the ways that we've nurtured them, we discovered an interesting fact, and this is what we wanted to share with you guys. We can learn so much from the development of kids' creativity that we can then implement for ourselves. So join with us tonight, and we're going to share, or today, or whenever you're listening to this, as we share four steps to developing our creativity as adults that May and I have learned from our kids. You don't really know what will spark a kid's interest. And that's what's kind of interesting because you just want to, you just have to throw a bunch of stuff at them and see what sticks. It's kind of like the spaghetti on the wall cliche. So I've thrown a lot of stuff at my kids, not literally, (laughs) very, very much so figuratively. So here's a few of the, the things that we have tried with the kids. So lots of uh, comics, some of the other ones, like the Dave Pilkey ones with the dog man and cat 
Egg and the Captain Underpants. There's a comic book called Narwhal and Jelly, and the boys love those. Um, I try traditional children's books like Frog and Toad. Frog and Toad is one of their favorites. We read read that probably four times a year. Like like whenever they see the book again, and they're like, ah, uh, we've had art tutorials. Um, some of those were from, uh, well, that was actually thanks to COVID because we discovered those when we got sheltered in place. We've tried painting. We have um, watched nature documentaries. We've done nature walks. We've done ukulele and guitar lessons. We've done a ton of stuff. Um, and some of those have stayed with us and some of those come back sporadically and some of those have gone by the wayside. But the idea, though, is, is that you just don't know what's going to stick. That's true. I love that. So for me, I am not the amazing arts and crafts mom that May is. I'm just not. Um, but our library really helps me a lot with this. Um, I loathe extra messes. I don't have a lot of patience for a lot of the fun craft type projects that my kids would enjoy. And I believe glitter is the devil's dust. So thankfully though, <laughs> the children and teen librarians here love to share their creativity um, with the kids in the area through events. And even now, even though we can't actually meet, we haven't been able to go to the library for these things like we typically would, especially in the summers, um, they've just moved all the fun online. And they even put together little packages. So if you, uh, especially for certain things, like I know my daughter did uh, some clay sculpting and stuff like that, they put together little things. You could go by the library, curbside pickup, pick up the bag that had all the supplies that you need in it, which was so amazing. So that way, um, thanks to those kinds of programs, my kids get to try out all sorts of creative mediums that I might not dig up or be able to teach my kids. Um, so that kind of couples with the things that you guys were doing online. So how this kind of pulls in for us as adults. So this first thing is introducing us to a wide variety of things, right? So as adults, we don't need to limit ourselves to creative mediums that we're familiar with, or um, even we don't need to limit ourselves away from the things that we think that we'd be bad at. And a good example of this, and I haven't followed through with it, but May has given me the confidence for this because I always said, oh, I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't blah, 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 blah. She's like, well, if you really want to, you could. <laughs> so one day, I'm telling you, I'm going to I'm going to follow through on this. <laughs> so between the adult programs at our libraries, online courses or videos or workshops, um, and seriously, like if you think about the Internet, there's millions, literally millions of videos at our fingertips for pretty much anything you can imagine or ever would want to learn. We've got absolutely no excuse to give some new things a try. And this is something that I've kind of learned in my adulthood. And I think of that I was introduced to this idea from the brilliant Maggie Stiefvater. And you're probably tired of hearing her name. But, no. sorry. Um, <laughs> not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but the, whenever I was younger, I kept waiting for this moment. Like, like this moment that I was actually going to be an as if that life was a straight line 
and I'm walking along the tightrope uh, all the way to the end of it. And at some point, I'll begin as a child, and at some point I would hit the mark and I would be an adult, and then I would be an adult for the rest of the time until I ended that line. And that's not how I've discovered that adulthood is. And actually, it's kind of boring if you try to live it that way. And what I found out is that adulthood is more like a circle. And I mean, it's a circle that just keeps going around and around and around. And there are times that we revert back to our childhood tendencies and then we play around a little bit and then we go back to adult. And it's like this beautiful game that we do. It's just a back and forth and back and forth. And sometimes going back to our childhood tendencies is a good thing, like where we learn how to dive back into our creativity and be playful. And sometimes it's not whenever we're jealous or we end up being selfish or pitying ourselves or things like that, that, uh, that we did when we were younger. And that's when we need to move back into that adulthood area and be like, Oh wait, I'm an adult now. I remember how life goes. And so I think that this is kind of where we are in this episode. We're talking about how sometimes just to keep our minds pliable, we need to feed it something new and to go back into that playful learning mode as we have when we were children. So sometimes I can't even, like I can feel my brain petrifying and getting stiff. This happened um, about a, a year after I got out of my bachelor's degree. You know, I'd been in school since I was five years old and graduated at, uh, finished in, I was 22. So in 23, when I was 23, it was like my brain was stiff and I just felt so wrong. And so I started learning again and it was like, it just started being able to, to move and mold and, and grow and make, you know, make new things. And that was a big deal. And that's when I, I, I know whenever I start feeling stiff again in my head, if that makes any sense, <laughs> that I need to either learn something deeper in an area that I'm working on or learn something completely new. Which kind of leads us to our next point. You like that, didn't you? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and, and that's to present proper guidance. So for our kiddos, that's you guys showing guidance and guiding those children, helping them find someone to guide them in their next creative experience. Or you show them someone else doing something cool. That's, this, that's what we're talking about here. So for adults, that is us finding our own tutor or tutorial on the internet or a webinar or something fun like that for your next venture. And just watching the world around us too could teach us some things. Actually seeing people doing something awesome and giving it a try ourselves. Definitely. And, you know, sometimes this can be very hands-on with, like with our kids specifically, it could be... Uh, something very hands-on with them or it could mean helping them when they hit a brick wall with learning something new or something that we don't know anything about. Um, it could mean doing research ourselves with the younger kids or pointing older ones in the right direction to do independent research. Um, you know, that's something that my kids have, have learned um, because every time they've had a question, we've gone to the library or we've gone on the website and we've, you know, requested books on that topic. 
and we've gotten every book that we could possibly find on it. And so now that they're older, like, that's automatically what they do. They go and they find books to help them answer those questions. Or And now they're starting to venture on the internet and stuff like that as well. And that definitely requires the guidance of the adults. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, as adults, we don't need to let uh, confusion over knowing where to start stop us. All right, so whatever the creative medium we found interesting, we can find experts to guide us when that research runs dry. Um, So here's the thing, I guarantee that there is someone in your community who does that thing that you're interested in. For example, I met the sweetest creative lady at a recent local art market, and she does mixed media art. Um, So I I was there because I had a table with my books. I was selling my books, and she and her daughter and granddaughter stopped by. And whenever I'm selling books, I give away these cute little metal cat and dog bookmarks that everybody absolutely loves. And so (laughs) that's just one of the things that I always have on my table. And it turned out that she wanted to buy some of those little bookmarks, the little dog ones, She wanted to buy them from me, and I thought, this is a little crazy. Like, I don't even know what to say to this, but she wanted to use them in her art. So then she invited me to a Facebook group full of other local creatives, and it's been a delight to see something different in the art world. You know, this is something that I may not have researched on my own. I didn't know a ton about it. I mean, I kind of had a rough concept of this type of art, but I really hadn't seen many examples. Um, So now I get to enjoy all the cool projects that she and others share in the group. And maybe one day I'll put my hand to trying something as well. Who knows? So just to kind of bring it all back together, you know, whatever creative medium you find interesting or would like to give a shot, I guarantee you can find guidance for that somewhere. And it could very well be in your backyard. The kind of guidance that I've given my kids, an example of that would be we've done alcohol ink together. And you guys know that I do some alcohol ink too. So I just gave them some of my paper and showed them how to use it. We tried different tools that you can use with alcohol ink. It was a lot of fun and a little humbling because theirs turned out better than mine. So that was fun. (laughs) We got them some watercolor kits. I didn't have much to teach them there other than the, the canvases had pictures that were already like outlined there and it was more like a color in situation with the watercolors. I thought that would be a good starting point. And I was hoping that they would like venture out into their own things once they realized kind of how the paint moves and dries and stuff. But I think that my kids need a little more patience for that. So that might be another year or two before we're we're looking at like watercolor for real. Uh, there's tons of parental guidance with the YouTube. <laughs> so, But a couple of their favorite things that they love is Dude Perfect. It's like got these really cool tricks that these guys do. So they'll shoot an arrow and it'll bust a bag and it'll fall into a, a box and the box will um, leap off a ball that'll end up bringing the basketball goal. It's that, that kind of stuff. So they like to see all of that. 
And then another fun thing that they like to watch is primitive house building. So it's these people who like build a house out of bamboo and twine that they find in a forest and things like that. They'll even like make their own paint colors and stuff to make it pretty. So they are already planning to build a tree house somehow in a tree that we don't really have yet, but we'll figure something out because if they want to build it, we'll let them try. So <laughs> those are a few examples of the kids. Um, for us, though, it's like you never know what kind of relationships that you can build just by being curious about life. And I love that about your example. That was something that just kind of popped up and you were curious and there it was and it was available to you. So in my opinion, curiosity just leads to the most interesting project fodder and uh, sometimes we need that spark of inspiration as adults. I've been in that place where I have forgotten to wonder in my adult life. Curiosity just not wasn't a thing. I was just trying to survive from moment to moment. And that place was dim. And the only furniture that was in there was uncomfortable metal folding chairs. So nobody likes those. It stunk. So open up, look up at the sky, look at the people around you, see them, see them move and do and notice when your mind gasps in interest. You know what I'm talking about. You felt it. I know you have. And I want you to act on that by making the tools accessible to you. And that's actually the next point is to give them access and to give yourself access. So my kids have a cabinet that they can go into and they know that they can go into it. That's their place when they can pull out colors and they can pull out construction paper. They can pull out appropriate scissors and glue and tape. So they know that they can go into that cabinet whenever they're feeling creative or just crafty and, uh, and they can make things out of the stuff that's in that cabinet. They also have, uh, cameras like these little kid-friendly cameras where they can take pictures and videos and they make documentaries and day in the life stuff today I sent them on a scavenger hunt where they took pictures of all the cool stuff that they found brought it back and uh and then took some artistic pictures too like Colton pictures of his shadow and like of the street stuff we're just like wow wow that's a pretty good eye um but the whole point of that is to give them tools and let them play that's, that's so important, just to make sure that they know where those items are, they have a place that they can go. So, how does this relate to us as adults, okay? Allowing ourselves access might be more about time and budget than about drawers. So when we decide mm -hmm. to pursue a new creative outlet, we're going to first have to make the time for it, and then we're gonna have to determine how much it might cost and then set that money aside. So maybe this means that you make a little creative projects jar and you drop in your change for a few months to take a workshop, or perhaps you add a creative projects column to your budget, and then you're gonna need to stick to that budget each month, which we all know if you use a budget, you have to make it and then you have to stick to it. It's a two-part thing. Yeah, those are great examples. Um, I think that as an adult, the difference is that the older we get, the more responsibility we have. And that means that if we are going to allow ourselves access, 
a sacrifice must be made a lot of times. So is it going to be sleep or is it going to be like a nap, um, which, um, which is also sleep, but at a different time of day? Um, <laughs> um, are you going to, to not scrub the tub? I would be Luke okay with not, not doing really, that. I was like, that was not really a sacrifice. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but to your point, right? Like something has got to give in order for you to be able to confiscate that time and also that money too. So maybe it's like not going out to eat or go uh, if you have a day job, it might be packing your lunch instead of getting a lunch from a place on your lunch hour. But that's okay though, because you're going to be fulfilled in other ways. It's like whatever keeps your mind nourished, whatever that is, like do that. If the restaurant is keeping your mind nourished, then do that. But if it's not, then allow yourself access to do this creative thing that is going to make your mind happy. And if you don't know what that is, then just keep playing around with your curiosities until you figure that out. So here's something else that you can learn from your kiddos and is to let it go or watch it soar. And the it in this is going to be that creative thing that you're trying out. Allowing them to let things go when it doesn't give them the feels, you know, uh, and encouraging them to soar with their thing. That is kind of empowering all in itself. It is. Absolutely. And while we want to encourage our kids to try new things, we need to recognize when a new thing may not just be for them. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, I've mentioned several times how our libraries had all these programs this summer. And one of the things that they did was a creative writing workshop on Wednesdays for the teens. And so I asked my daughter several times if she wanted to do it, but she didn't. And so I was not going to push that because she that's not her thing. That's my son's thing, and that's my thing, but that's not her thing. Um, so you don't need to push things on them that you know are not what they enjoy, right? But at the same time, when you do see them discover their things, those things that really excite them, then maybe you need to up the game a little bit um, in allowing them to pursue it. So back to my daughter, you know, she has discovered interior design and fashion, and she has been, I mentioned earlier how my kids have learned at an early age, you go to the library, you check out all the books on that topic, and you learn all about it. And that's exactly what she did. Completely, I was completely not involved in this at all. Um, she just checked out all these things, and in one of the books that she checked out, she learned about mood boards. So she comes to me and she's like, um, I want to make a mood board. Do you have something I can use? I'm like, where did you hear about mood boards? <laughs> anyway. First of all, what is it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I provided her with a board that she could use for that. And then next time I have a spare magazine or two, she's already requested that she gets a magazine that she can cut up so that she can be putting some stuff on there. Um, and so, you know, it's things like that. So what is it that they're interested in and kind of grab hold of that and then find ways to encourage it when you see that they're finding those things. So it's the exact same for us as adults. If something's not your jam, don't force it. Don't waste time and money on it. Now, it could be that maybe you discover something that you're doing with your spouse or a good friend, and maybe it's not your thing, it's more their thing, um, but it's an opportunity to do something with that person. 
that could be a little different. Um, but if it's just something that you're trying out and it's just you're not feeling it, it's okay to let it go. But if it lights your soul on fire, then take the steps to get better at it. Hone that craft and then decide where you want to go with it. It may just be something that you continue to do just for yourself because it's the thing, right? But it may be something you realize you can turn into a side hustle or into something that you can teach to others. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something else that I recognized about kids and create in general. And it's when the kids are creating a lot, they're willing to throw something away, knowing that they'll be able to replace it with something better, like the next day or whenever they're going to make something uh, in that area. Um, when they're not creating as much, when there's school on or there's after school activities, things like that, they're, they're more apt to hold on to a piece and consider it precious, even though it's not their best work. And wow, isn't that same as it is with adults, like the moments when you are creating a lot, we're more apt to trash a piece that's a practice piece and replace it with something we're fined, right? So we're not creating often. It's kind of the opposite. We're more likely to hold on to a piece that isn't quite as good, that it's the best that we have in us, and so we better keep it. And, uh, and I see that the kids, like I see the kids try drawing the same things over and over, tweaking little details until they're to them. And then they move on. And a lot of times you can see the elements thing in the second that they move on to, and you can like literally see an evolution in their creative process. And it's just really cool to watch. And it's, it's the same thing with us. The more that we we create, the more that we try things, the more that we give ourselves accessibility to create projects, and the more that we're willing to throw things and keep the good things, um, it's just, it, it just gives us a bit of freedom to say, hey, if I don't like this embroidery, you know, it's, it's going to be okay because I'm going to do something that's better and I can see, can see how it's going to be better the next go-round. That is so true. And I've, I've definitely seen that in myself um, and in my own work. You know, I always thought that I would be so clingy to anything that I've ever written. But as I continue to write more and more, I just, I'm not that clingy to the, the earlier stuff. Yes, I love it. Yes, I'm proud of it in, you know, what it was in that moment. Um, you know, even when I see like the things in the areas where I can improve, I just look at that as an opportunity to improve for the future. Right. And so, right. yeah, that was actually, that was one of my fears. That's an interesting thing that you bring up because that was one of my early fears. And I've realized that it's quite the opposite. Yeah. And when you're in a healthy like rotation of creating, then that fear just kind of goes away. But whenever it comes back up, you can always look at how often am I creating? Like how often am I actually making something or working on something? And it probably correlates that fear and the fact that you're not actually doing a creative work constantly in your life. It correlates with me. That's how I see it. And it sounds like that's how you see it too. Yes, definitely. Cool. Yay. 
we match. We do match. <laughs> and now I think we've come to our QWERTY challenge. Are we ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is there something creative that you've wanted to try out? What is stopping you? We encourage you to think through the four steps that we talked through today. First, introduce yourself to variety. Second, find the guidance you need. Could be in your own backyard. Third, allow yourself proper access. And then four, either let it go or watch yourself soar. And we want you to begin implementing this this week. Then tell someone about it. A significant other, a good friend, a child, us. We're here to listen. <laughs> We'd love to be your people. Just let somebody know what you're planning to do. And then perhaps that person might want to join you in exploring something new. Don't connect with your inner child either. I think that's kind of the thesis of this episode. Everyone have a wonderful creative week. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think QWERTY Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting qwertywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.